to me, my balloonyacs. Aeronaut Zack here with your friendly neighborhood content warning. That part was Spider-Man, not X-Men, but we're going with it. This is a podcast where we let the internet ask us questions, and that is always a mistake. So, we are sometimes uh, adult-themed adjacent, and we will say all of the naughty words. Now, on with the show. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're your aeronauts and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying high on our own hot air, but we've stopped our journey to Westchester to answer your nerdy questions. With that in mind, Zach, what's our question this week? Can you explain the Summers family tree? Yeah, can you, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because what little we know, we've gone over a couple things tangentially. It's book wild. I've got about four generations of characters here to go through. We'll be quick. Are you including alternate universe? children, that sort of thing. We will get to that. Okay. Because to an extent. Let's just say to an extent. My glance over it. So, first family tree would be his parents. Christopher Summers, and I only learned her name today because I was just like, I'm embarrassed. I have to know this woman's name. Catherine Summers. They have two children together. Scott and his brother Alex. Havoc. Yes. They get kidnapped by aliens. Yes. I love X-Men so much. They throw those two kids out of an airplane with a single parachute because Christopher Summers' shit father goes into the air with his family with one parachute in the plane. You know, for his wife and for her to carry her two sons. Yeah, but then the wife stays anyways. Now, in the original version, she dies. We've never actually, we've only ever seen her in flashback panels. She's never gotten anything. Uh, He escapes to become the space pirate Corsair. But in the 90s, there is a dropped reference to a third brother, which becomes the third Summer's brother mystery. We're going to talk about this a little bit because they finally solved that. It originally went unsolved until Deadly Genesis in, I think, around 2003, where it is revealed that Catherine was pregnant with another child that no one knew about, who is later named Gabriel Summers. Whole reason they were kidnapped by aliens for this baby. She is put into the Emperor Deken's harem. Christopher tries to save her. She's killed in the process. That child is sold into slavery. Okay, so he later comes back baby. as Wild Dickbag, known as Vulcan, and becomes murderous space tyrant a bunch of times. Like, more than once? The confusing part is they just recently hired Fabian Nasesa to come back and solve it the and tell the story of the original planned Third Summer's brother. But I think it's supposed to be in continuity, but it doesn't work at all with the story of Gabriel. Ooh. Because it is revealed that Catherine survived longer than thought, and that Deken probably non-consensionally, had a child with her. This person is the X-Man, not X-Man, but X-Man ally, Adam the Extreme. Is that X? X-T-R-E-M-E. He wears his hat backwards, he's literally covered in knives, and his uh, mutant power is that if he cuts you, he can make your blood burn. (laughs) This makes me so happy. With any knife? Or does it have to be a knife? As long as he makes you bleed, he can basically kill you through your blood. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. (laughs) What's wild is his stories aren't bad. The original X-Force stories that he appeared in, because I was all ready to fucking hate this guy. I was like, damn it, this is kind of fun. Like, it's super extreme 90s kind of way, but like, it's, yeah. Boils blood 
Interesting. I don't know if it's Boyle, I don't remember, but he causes pain through your blood. It is recently revealed that he was created by Deken to see what you could do by mixing these two bits of DNA. I'm also not going to go further into Vulcan and Gabe and Adam here, because I'm kind of explaining them there. But it's revealed that he could theoretically, if he could make the whole world bleed, because it doesn't matter how many people he has cut, he could kill the whole a whole world in one go, if you could, like, figure out a way to make him bleed. Make him make them bleed. The rules are wild. So he just, just cuts them once, and then they he can... I think while there, I don't know if there's a time. Let, we're thinking about too much about a character named Adam the X Train. That's true. Sorry, because I, yeah, no, I don't have actually, a good answer for you here. It also happens with this stuff. You just <laughs> um, think too much about. He's just it. an exacto knife. Yeah, pretty much. He, he has so many knives. But <laughs> after Christopher Summers escapes, he teams up with the Starjammers, where he eventually enters into a relationship with a woman that he dubs Hepzibah, yes. which is a reference to an old comic or something like that. Hepzibah is a, quote, skunk cat lady. Hepzibah was, no joke, almost the choice for this episode for later on. Amazing. Uh, she was originally like a super cartoony, not at all like sexy thing. And then they decided he, they wanted Christopher to have a romance. So she was kind of transformed into a sexy cat lady. But a time traveling Scott Summers at one point calls him my sort of stepmother skunk cat lady. She's sort of awesome. And all of that is accurate. And then we have Scott Cyclops, yada, yada, yada. His brother, Havoc, who has power similar to Cyclops, except he has control of them, or more control, and he shoots out of his hands or his chest, depending on the artist, as opposed to eyeball lasers. Scott marries Jean, and then later, actually, he never married Jean until the 90s. So first he married Jean's clone, yes. Madeline Pryor, and then later married Jean. How much Madeline Pryor exists as her own person? She also bones Havoc a lot. Gross. Very... <laughs> Now, not the boning, but the, the particulars <laughs> of who's boning. Now, technically, Nathan Christopher Summers, the man called Cable, is the son of Madeline Pryor and Scott Summers. Yes. Not Jean Grey. But again, the lines there are super blurred, and he considers Jean his mother, and Jean considers him her child. At one point, they travel to the future, raise him for 10 to 15 years, and then come back. That was their anniversary. Also a clone of you, so like basically is still... It's super complicated. So... This brings us to Nathan Christopher Summers. There are three versions of him to talk about. Four, arguably. Oof. There is Cable. Sense of the Future goes back. Just listen to our Cable episode. We don't have time. There is Strife, the clone. So, he is the clone of a man whose mother was a clone. And I'm kind of amazed we've never dived into that as, like, a nation. <laughs> then, there is X-Man, who is... The Age of Apocalypse version of Nathan Summers, who was transferred over to our universe. And then theoretically, there's Kid Cable, who I'm starting to insist is an alternate timeline version of Cable. Mm. But who knows? I like the idea that he is the same Cable and that... Cable's life is even worse than the episode we described? Yes, most particularly because I love the idea that Old he Old Man Cable he has, has to come back to life since we recorded that episode, and they're just hanging out together now. Why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dunno, but the issues end, but the series is ending next issue, so it's not gonna happen much longer. Then there is also the alternate universe daughter of Jean Grey and Scott Summers, who would be Rachel Summers, first created from the Days of Future Past timeline. Who's actually really important. She's super awesome, too. I love her. <laughs> she was brought into the main X-Men because Chris Claremont was pissed they made him kill off Jean Grey, so he just brought in her alternate universe daughter and, like, flipped them all the bird a bunch. She helps Ray... In, in one version, she goes 
forward in time where she helps raise Cable into Cable. But then she was later brought back and they just decided to never talk about this again. Then there's one last person on this family line. There is a woman named Ruby Summers who is an alternate future child of Cyclops and Emma Frost, the White Queen. Her powers is she can turn into Ruby in the similar way that her mother can turn into Diamond and she can shoot optic blasts out of her eyes. Is it only when she's in Ruby form? I don't know. Honestly, I've always wanted to know more about Ruby because I don't like her mother, but like she sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I also don't think she ever came to the modern time, but she should because let's just make that family dynamic even more awkward than it already is. Just get rid of I don't even need you to get half that family dynamic. I just want that character to exist. Just like pluck it out of existence from there and bring her into new continuity and just like, don't worry about it. Also, there's implications that Wolverine, Jean Grey, and Cyclops are currently in a thruple and whether... It's really heavily implied. Yeah, well, it's very clear that he's dating Jean. It's not clear whether he's also dating Mm -hmm. Scott. And I'm kind of under the opinion that if you're going to do it, just go whole hog. Just have all three of them together. Like, don't don't be cowards. So arguably, Wolverine could one day count as part of the Summers family line. Now, there is one last character because a version of Rachel Gray and Franklin Storm, the son of Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman of the Fantastic Four, have a child in an alternate future who becomes the villain known as Hyperstorm. Yeah, it doesn't, looking at it doesn't get any better. Hyperstorm is bad. This is a period where they were really determined they were going to make the uh, Fantastic Four kind of edgy and extreme as well, which is not what you do with the Fantastic Four. No, not at all. I don't even know Hyperstorm's powers. They made a big deal about him. They used him for like one storyline and then they went, God, this is just exhausting. But he does exist. He is the son of Rachel Gray, so that puts him as an official member of the Summers family line. Okay. I don't think I'm missing anybody. And if you're missing, how much do we want to count uh, an adopted daughter? Hope Summers. Yeah. The adopted daughter of Cable, who at one point was heavily implied to be the reincarnation of Jean Gray. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're counting it if it's heavily implied to be a reincarnation of Jean Gray and is an. Adopted I think they've daughter. very they've moved away from that. Yeah, they've kind of they're like, nah, she's just a redhead who wears green a lot. Don't think about it. First mutant born after. M-Day. M-Day. Where all the mutants lost their powers. Yep. Plus adopted family's real family, so we're counting that. Yes, okay, yes. yes. Hope Summers, thank you for catching me on that one. She's pretty cool. She's a girl raised by Cable, but she has a lot less of Cable's damage, so she's just doing cool Cable stuff. Badass. Yeah. um, Her power is kind of weird. I want to look that up real quick. It's... Oh, no, that's right. She's stupid powerful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hope is Omega level. She has the ability to manipulate the powers of other mutants in her close proximity. Oh, damn. So So everything from mimicry to absorption immunity, regulation, synergizing, tracking. She can activate the mutant powers of people around her. She can restore mutant powers to people who have lost their mutant powers. Oh, damn. Can she... So she can activate people's mutant powers around her, but can she she basically like control those mutant powers or he's basically just like saying you're laser blasting now she can you're making thunderstorms she can kind of augment them like she's currently like the most needed piece for like how mutants are basically getting resurrected these days okay she can tweak them let's put it that way uh there's a reason she was called the mutant messiah for a long time sweet she her birth brought the mutant race back from extinction that's right also it blew up a town when she was born that's which less, is kind yeah. of a bummer 
It was a good comic, though. But, you know, towns blow up every once in a while. It's not good when it happens, but it happens. <laughs> well, in order for us to further hone in on Westchester, we're going to have to to gather some knowledge about these different ex-affiliated names that uh, Xavier himself sent us. Uh, luckily, Zach knows a ton about all these characters, but any misses he makes will have to be made up for at the end of the season. Zach, what knowledge can you drop on? Strong guy. You chose Guido! <laughs> I was hoping you would choose Guido! He looks so dumb! I love him so much! He's everything that's good about Peter David's writing. Guido, I believe his last name is like Carasola, but it's Italian and I pronounce those badly. I think you're right. Guido is... He kind of looks like, what is his name, Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist. He's bald except for the little... Carosella. Carosella, thank you. Except for the little, like, spit curl. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh! Guido's power... Yes. ...is that if he is hit, he converts that energy into muscle mass. But what happened is, when he was a child, he was hit by a semi-truck. <laughs> which is what activated his mutant power, but it also permanently altered his body... So he is just cartoonishly oversized and overmuscled and, like, on a bad day, looks like he could rival the Hulk, like, muscle-wise. Is he as strong as the Hulk, or is that just... The only time I've ever seen him fight the Hulk, the way the Hulk beat him was by punching him until his body couldn't handle the amount of energy it was taking in, and he had a stroke and passed out. Damn. Okay, so let- But until then, he was holding his own against the Hulk. Okay. Guido doesn't traditionally want to become a superhero, and he becomes the bodyguard of a teleporting mutant pop star named Lila Cheney, who dated Cannonball of the X- of the New Mutants and X-Force for a while. Uh, this is where he first gets encounters with the X-Men. He is later involved in what is called the Muir Island Saga, where he- uh, where the X-Men of Muir Island are all taken over by the Shadow King. After this encounter, he is recruited by X-Factor, which at the time was a government-sponsored team led by Havoc. This is where he first adopts the name Strong Guy. Oh, because every name. team needs a strong guy. He is pretty much there to, like, live the superhero life but make fun of it at the same time. He flirts on Polaris a lot, relatively respectfully, but definitely is like, I don't want this come being on a team come between our relationship. And she's like, hi, who are you? <laughs> like, what's going on right now? Um, Why are you hitting on me? He retires a few times because he has <coughs> strokes. Because his body is just literally not designed to do everything he does to it. At one point, there's a running gag where he decides that he takes offense to the word mutants during a like press conference and comes up with a new term <laughs> for them. And the media takes him seriously, and everyone's like, oh, fuck, strong guy, Guido. What term does he I don't remember. Oh, damn it, because I don't have that. I've read that issue, but it's been a long time. The Peter David X-Factor run is one of the all-time great X-Men runs. I hope they abandoned it by the end of the uh, No, issue. they definitely did. I don't think by the end of the issue, but, like, for a plot... It was never a major plot line, but they would have press conferences, and Guido would put his foot in it a lot. Um, Guido is relatively inactive for several years until he joins another version of X-Factor led by multiple men called X-Factor Investigations where they operate as private detectives in Mutant Town. I another love one this. of the all-time great X-Men runs. That sounds amazing. During this time, I'm pretty sure he is revealed to be in love with Siren, the daughter of uh, Banshee. The adult daughter. It's not creepy. It's just not going to happen. 
It's not creepy. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's a very funny sentence to me. You know what I mean. No, oh, there's no, like, I, this I is inappropriate. And there's like, oh, buddy. No. <laughs> I did appreciate the uh, the clarification on... Uh, adult that, daughter? On, on adult daughter, because sometimes... Now, I never have finished this run because it did go on for like 150 issues, I want to say. Like, it went for a minute. At one point, he is killed, and it is revealed that his member, or his teammate, Lila Cheney who has always been cagey about what her mutant power is, is the ability to return someone to life, but their soul doesn't come with them. He mm. later on, because of this, and I have not read this bit, so eh, becomes one of the Lords of Hell. Yeah, that, no, that's correct. So wait, <laughs> don't know why. I know at one, because I was reading through the list of Hell Lords for one of our other web, or one of our other podcasts, and Strong Guy was on it. That's fucking amazing. He later comes back, and then he dies again, and then he comes back again. Um, Does they, he get his soul back? I assume, because he's no longer a Hell Lord. Yeah, and if you have your soul, you can't be a Hell Lord. It's kind of one or the other. <laughs> magic helped him get his soul back. Magic being the little sister of Colossus, not just magic. Although she does do magic. So, both are So, sort of, yeah. Nice. Um... I think he might currently have the techno-organic virus, from what I'm No, seeing. that was re-undone. Was that undone again? Of, uh, okay. With Krakoa. Oh, yep. Yep, I just didn't read further. Cool. I didn't scroll down all the way. Yet, I don't think you need redemption on that. I was really hoping I was going to catch you with a guy named Strong Guy, because I didn't actually know who he was. I but. saw the toy when I was a kid, and I was like, I need to know who that guy is. <laughs> the amount of glee in your eyes when you, when you found out that it was Strong Guy slash Guido, it was just... Ah, chef kiss. Very good. So awesome. The the sad downside is he's in constant pain because of his warped body. Oh yeah, it is. He is oh, tragic. Bummer. And then he just jokes a lot for it. Just shit. He he's might be a, a, a great comp- character. The he's more he's amazing. Wrote. He shouldn't be. Nothing about him should work. But he's also an accomplished musical comedian. He's fascinating. That is great. That's it for today, folks. Uh, we're taking off. Before we go, I'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows over at earvrm.com. That is E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes. And as always, we'd like to give a special thanks to our editor, Stephen Gady, and to Ian Ford for our theme song, Tracks. Until next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. Up, up, and away. Up, up, and away.